1: And I, I am uh, sound checking but I'm recording um,
2: Check, check, as well. check Hello, check, check, okay check. Yes. Sound great, <laughs> Thank you
3: I think you should do a sound check in the voice of Rosen Island mm.
2: Well I remember a time back in St. Olaf <laughs> How was that? Good, that was good. <laughs> that, And
1: that was perfect, that's all we needed We're, we're ready? ready to go Alright Okay. You just heard Darcy Drawlinger, the drag queen who owns the Oasis, plays Rose Nylon in Golden Girls Live. And breaking news is San Francisco's first drag laureate. Heather, I love the timing of this. Our way of saying drag performance is art in San Francisco— drag queens are our neighbors, and Darcy is a leader in this city.
3: Yes, yeah, so many other places around the country are bizarrely picking fights with drag queens, which I just really don't understand. But um, Darcy's amazing. We have such a strong drag community in San Francisco, and I think it was kind of a little thumb in the eye by Mayor London Breed to announce that the city now has the world's first drag laureate.
1: Every drag queen that I've met has been awesome in San Francisco. We're like begging them to come to our events.
3: We're not begging them, Peter. They want to.
1: (laughs) They want to come to our events. Uh, This is great news. And Tony Bravo wanted to set this up before the news even broke. Tony joins us on this episode I'm so glad we did it. Darcy is hilarious, but also a small business owner and a politically aware citizen. And no one pivots better from being funny to being really thoughtful, sometimes in the same breath.
3: Yeah, he's such a joy to talk to. We basically could have turned the podcast over to him, no questions asked, and it would have been just as good.
1: Yeah, I remember last time it was the same way. We almost had an entire episode of content before we even hit record. This is an Ask a Drag Queen episode, sequel to our Ask a Muni Driver episode, which went so well. Listen for that in the final third of the episode. Heather, what other Ask uh, episodes should we have?
3: It'd be kind of fun to do Ask a NIMBY. Why do you hate housing?
1: Ask a NIMBY... um, Yeah, all of my questions would be kind of negative, though. I don't know if that's our vibe. (laughs) I like uh, ask a sewer worker. I have a lot of questions for sewer workers in San Francisco. Uh, Ferry boat pilot. We met a ferry boat pilot, and I was asking a ton of questions there. Lucille. I don't know if Lucille is allowed to talk, but I have a lot of Giants mascot questions.
3: How about ask a dive bar bartender?
1: One important note, there's a lot of Kim Cattrall talk in this episode. It was recorded hours before news broke that Cattrall's Samantha may be returning to the expanded Sex and the City universe. There's no way I was going to cut it out, though, especially since Darcy gives the secret to the perfect drag Samantha voice.
3: Yes, we asked Darcy, who has played Samantha Jones in Sex in the City satire shows at the Oasis and is doing another one um, soon, if he would play Samantha on And Just Like That on HBO. And he seemed open to it. Maybe Kim Cattrall's ears were burning because literally like an hour later, she announced she is going back. I think she was like, oh my God, Darcy could steal my role. I better do this.
1: I still want Darcy to do it. Uh, Darcy Drollinger and Tony Bravo are coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, who is one half Carrie and one half Charlotte.
3: That's true. I am one half Carrie and one half Charlotte.
1: And I am 100% Miranda, (laughs) and this is Total SF. Thank
0: you very much.
3: Darcy Jollinger, welcome back to Total SF.
2: Well, thank you so much for having
3: me. Last time we talked to you, we were on the roof of the Oasis Drag Club, and you were preparing for an emergency telethon to raise money to save the Oasis. Congratulations on not only succeeding in that endeavor, but now you have an even bigger announcement, which is that you've just been named by Mayor London Breed as San Francisco's first ever drag laureate. (laughs) Ta-da! Huge (laughs) news. Has it sunk in yet?
2: Um, it slowly has been. Um, I think the whirlwind of press around it um, uh, that became global sort of made me realize it was a bigger deal than I had anticipated. And so I got really excited, but then it was the daunting task of actually being the first <laughs> Dragon Warrior. In oh, yeah, the then world. you actually have to do yes, it. Yeah, have to do it <laughs> and figure out exactly what it is. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things because it hasn't been done before it can be as much as i can make it be and that is a exciting task but it is also you know standing in a room full of every kind of paint and not knowing where to begin uh-huh. painting yeah Already we get the paint, of course.
0: <laughs> <don't want> <laughs> was, was a it, drag queen. Exactly.
3: What was it like to apply for the position, and how did you find out you'd gotten the job?
2: Well, you know, they had sent out a, a press release about it happening, and, of course, I looked at what the criteria was, and it seemed like it made a lot of sense. And it made more sense to me coming out of the pandemic and all of the – Community building things that had happened and that I had done during that time—it really felt like the trajectory was there. That was the next step for me. I will say that I had a number of my employees tell me, "Don't you dare apply for this." <laughs> Don't add to our you are so busy already. And um, but I did. And uh, then didn't really think anything of it. You know, you went through the whole process until uh, London Breed called me on my cell phone. Oh,
3: she called you directly? Uh, yes. And yes. what did she say?
2: Well, oh, all right, all right. I back that, back that up, back that up. <laughs> I found out that I was in the top tier and I had to go meet with um, London Breed. Did you meet her in drag? Breed. Um, you know what I was going to but it happened to be two days after Hecklina passed away Aww. and they were like we'd still love you to come in you don't have to be in drag and I look back at that and while we had a nice talk and it was you know kind of fun and cool to be in the mayor's office and, and talk with her it, it's a real blur I mm-hmm. felt a little bit like a zombie I was so numb at that point point. Um, and I can't quite remember all of our conversation um but you know, I I, I felt like it, it it went as well as it could have gone well, in my did. case yeah. yes. and then, <laughs> but then it was then a phone call and having the mayor
1: call you on the, your cell phone was pretty cool I'm hearing a lot about cell phones but is there like going to be some kind of bat signal coming from city hall
3: <laughs> when I, they really need the drag lorias exactly what I, I love that, that?
1: Love that. you so know so will I there be even, a bat signal and
2: what is the bat
1: well, signal
2: I, I guess that's the shape of a big wig I don't know a high, high heel shape. shoe I guess <laughs> it depends on what it is they need it right? could
0: be like color Coating. It could be like a high heel is level one, a lipstick is level two. If you see a wig, there the city go. is on emergency. fire. Emergency. <laughs> emergency. I'm just imagining you
1: on the roof of the Oasis, and then she could just put the signal up into the fog. It's kind of perfect. Exactly. And then, you, and then I excuse
2: myself from whatever I'm doing, <laughs> and then you know turn around three times, in the Wonder Woman sort of way, and boom, drag Gloria to the rescue. This right, should
0: laureate. be a comic book. I love this. Oh, absolutely. Oh I God. can't wait to see who snacks and everybody else in the usual Oasis gang is going to play. I love that. Alright, now, Drag Laureate, I'm putting on my Rachel Maddow glasses oh, because shoot. I'm going to ask you some serious policy stuff oh, God. here. Okay. Don't worry, you're, you're very smart in spite of playing <laughs> Rosen Island. <laughs> I have to ask, what is your plan for your first hundred days as Laureate?
2: Wow, that is a loaded question. And um, I have been thinking a lot about um what i want to do as part of this program and i think you know i talk a lot about um, elevating the art of drag right and um one of those is really advocating for nightlife because drag Happens mostly at night. Yes, there are drag brunches for sure, but even drag brunches are having some pushback in certain um, areas. So I think, you know, really looking, at working with the Entertainment Commission and um, the Nightlife Coalition, and really making sure that that the places and the times where drag is alive and well where it is an economy are um, respected and nurtured right that's one thing i want to do i do want to put on a large drag festival now this drag festival what i'd like to do is put on an outdoor big drag festival a la wig stock or you know oak lashes does that as well i'd like to work with the drag time story hour the drag story hour folks uh story time sorry and um so that they can have a big component in that but i also would like to do some trainings and make it educational as well and i know this is kind of harsh to talk about sometimes but it's reality like active shooter training how do you deal Mm -hmm. with conflict how do you deal with conflict resolution in drag in um situations where people do show up with uh with a weapon because here's the thing sometimes those things may happen here but they're definitely happening in places where there's open carry and things like that and we may go to those places Mm -hmm. i think that could be a festival that could happen on a yearly like i could start it but then it could be handed off to each drag laureate afterwards to continue to grow it and change it, give it themes. But that the San Francisco could have something like that, I think would be really exciting. That's one thing. Another thing that, you know, I I know it's a bit of a pipe dream and I don't know if it'll happen in the first hundred days, but I do have a dream and that is to create a drag emporium in San Francisco.
0: I feel like this is where we, <laughs> there should be a respectful yas.
2: Yas! <laughs> I, in my fantasy world, and a lot of times I've noticed that fantasies do come true, um, I w- would love to take the um, now empty Bed Bath & Beyond store on 9th Street and turn it into the San Francisco Drag Emporium to create... Um, small or large shops where people drag um, entrepreneurs could create everything from shoe stores to clothing stores, wig shops, makeovers. And I think not only would it be a great way for this community to um, make a living and make money but it would be a great tourist destination when everyone came to town they would want to go to the sf dragon Emporium. i think sometimes where there's a necessity and um, people think that it's important in the community we can make it happen i mean it's got to ha- take a lot of moving parts to make something like that happen but that's another thing that i would love to do
3: I love this idea. And can we record a podcast with you in the SF Drag Emporium? Yes! And
1: and can the Drag Emporium be um, the top
0: four floors of the Westfield
1: Nordstrom?
2: I would take that, too, if anyone's listening.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was next door to where the Emporium itself used to be. You was yeah. a San Francisco native, probably remember the carnivals and uh, the Very dome. accessible
3: by bar.
2: You, you know, and I think that would be a great way to save that mall, which everyone's so scared about it, feeling like a ghost town in there. Think of the glitter and the sparkle Absolutely. and the joy You know, where you walk in and, I will survive. And
0: And then you need um, to paint the
3: outside. It's kind of dreary looking. Okay, pink yeah okay. sure. sure. the
0: only other solution to that mall I think is to let Peaches Christ take it over and have it be an actual ghost mall <laughs> with <laughs> like the attraction at the Mint I think no matter what drag is going to save the city I think, I think drag so will save title. the city drag will save drag the will city sa- I I've, so. I've got to ask your, your drag mall proposal especially sounds like it's responding to some of the very real things going on up to the minute uh, especially the issue of retail closures and real estate vacancies how much do you see the role um, having to respond, kind of, in the moment to some of these, uh, let's call them crisis situations in the city as they develop? Well, I mean,
2: I think that I have a lot to say about a lot of things, and this gives me a platform. <laughs> and being being a business person and an entrepreneur. And a drag performer, I I do straddle a lot of different worlds, and um, I, I do think that uh, I would love to be able to add my voice to the conversation around a lot of these things. And I mean, frankly, the only way we're gonna make brick and mortar work again is if we all make the decision Mm -hmm. to shop at brick and mortar but we have to have the avenues to create the stores that's why talking about like the drag mall for example there is no big shoe store where you can go try on a whole bunch of shoes if you're a drag performer you can go to cliffs and they have like four different styles and that's it and they may have your size it may not but what if you could have an actual store that sold that and everyone agreed we're not going to buy our shoes online anymore we're not going to go to pleaser.com you may sell all pleasers but we're going to go to your store and you are going to buy it and if everyone who in the community said, I'm going to open this store. This is a store we don't have anymore. And everyone's you know, spending money on Amazon. And we all made the decision to go there. I mean, Coal Hardware is closing. That should not close. And if everyone said, right now, today, we are going to not buy anything on Amazon that you could buy at Cole Hardware and go to Coal Hardware, yeah. Coal Hardware will not close. But we're not doing that. And so I think collectively... You know, we're not all going to make that decision together, all of San Francisco, but communities within San Francisco can make that
1: decision. What was your initial reaction to the L.A. chapter of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being disinvited, then reinvited by the Dodgers? I'm curious what you thought about it, but also um, what you think long term with corporations and how they're kind of weighing these things the way they are. Dodgers suck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> True.
0: No, I, I That's the title of the episode. <laughs> we actually just did a fact check on this. Darcy is factually accurate. So,
2: yeah, you know, as a San Francisco native, I have to love the Giants and I have to hate the Dodgers. And this is just the final nail in their coffin. <laughs> I mean, it was just outrageous and so sad that they did that. I love that the power of the gay dollar could match or even trump the power of Trump so to speak yeah, <laughs> exactly of this you know right wing religious dollar that was um threatening them um i do think that um you know we have to be applauded for changing their mind and if we don't applaud people for changing their mind um you know we, we can't ever have anything change still they initially took that stance which you know just continues to show that there really isn't full uh, acceptance um, for the lgbtq plus community yet in that level where it's like if it was something, if it was another organization that would never have happened but with this, there still is this weird um, this weird space where it is like LGBTQ plus people's rights are up for debate, where it's not those rights are not guaranteed and it's just mind-boggling that that is continuing and that it's become such a a hot bed right now which you know you can dance around with all the ideas of what you think like why you think they're doing that right is it a smokescreen because I don't want to deal with gun control is it a smokescreen for the Catholic church who's actually being the groomers for so many of these poor kids like I don't know what the reason this is and what what they're trying to how they're trying to rally their base around this but it's very very dangerous and I know that I'm spiraling home to a different topic, and I don't know if that's okay. Yeah, Tony was going to ask you We're about that We're actually just anyway. going to edit that
0: down to The Dodgers Suck. <laughs> <side>. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yes.
2: And by the way, The Dodgers Suck. We'll be
0: right back after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Uh, no, but Darcy, <laughs> it's, um, you bring up something that you and I have talked about quite a lot in our reporting about drag at the Chronicle, uh, the very real dangers that are facing the community Um, There have been interruptions of drag story hours uh, here in the Bay Area. There are, at the moment, 14 states considering bans on drag performance. That's in addition to the Tennessee HB30 ban, which passed. Uh, You were one of the organizers of the Drag Up Fight Back rally in response to that back in April. Has this role at all evolved to deal with the very real threats that are coming for the drag community right now, not just on a legislative level, but uh, on an individual danger level? I mean, yes. Running
2: a large drag club um, has forced me to deal with this uh, on a pretty much minute by minute basis um i remember when the
0: metal detectors went in it was followed last year
2: we had to you know when you see you see communities and bars and show spaces like ours you know where people are getting shot and killed it suddenly you know I, i applauded my staff for even wanting to come to work the next day so a, I do it to protect them, but I also do it to protect the performers and the audience, you know. But I mean that is really a sad state of affair when when you know what we're doing is entertaining people. And and drag has been around for centuries, for hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of years, and suddenly now it is something that people are up in arms about. I mean, I can you think about it, it's like why why is drag important? Well, Why is theater important? Why is dance important? Why is film important? Why is fine art important? It's another art form. And until people can recognize it as truly as an art form, and I see it, it is truly an art form. What we are putting on the stage at Oasis is art. And to have people question it and not see it that way is another part of the tragedy around what's happening my my job and i really saw this during the pandemic when things fell apart like my job in this community in society is to entertain to keep people's spirits up Mm -hmm. and i don't want to spend all my time fighting for the ability to entertain but not entertain and not sparkle so it's You know, I do think it's important to fight and it's important to work together, but also by continuing to entertain in the face of this intimidation and to be that beacon for all those poor performers and those young performers who are just starting out or wanting to start out in these places that are squashing them as human beings to be a beacon and be like, you you know, get out of here. Come over here, get out of there, come over here. There is a place. And if people are going to keep doing that, I want to also advocate for not giving them federal money. If you are going to do that and you are going to take away people's rights, I don't want my taxes paying for Mrs. Johnson's lark on her Medicare. You know what I mean when she's gonna vote against me. No offense, just a person in the lark. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't mind one myself sometimes. Well, sorry, it, I was a tirade. I, I hope it wasn't. Was, oh no, that was a good
1: tirade.
3: Well, you've already done our traditional lightning round, so we have something new for you to end Uh-oh. the show. So we've done um, episodes before called Ask a Muni Driver and Ask a Cable Car Gritman. And we want to call this one Ask a Drag Queen. We asked some friends um, and then ourselves, like, what are your burning questions about being a drag queen? So we're going to take turns. Quick, quick answers. Here we go. How long does it take you to get ready?
2: Two and a half hours.
0: What goes into creating a great drag name? I think this is difficult because you (laughs) use your own name. (laughs) Um, I think something that is both personal
2: and comical.
0: Like your own name.
3: (laughs) 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 Touche.
1: How do you dance, act, and entertain in high heels? And is it something that can be learned from scratch?
3: Do you want to learn, Peter? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe.
2: always start with three advil before you put the shoes on (laughs) and um you know it is something that can be learned but to dance in high heels you have to let yourself be sexy and it's hard for a lot of men dressing up as women to let themselves be really feminine and sexy but if you can basically loosen up those hips you're going to be able to dance in heels (laughs) okay
0: peter get ready
3: (laughs) Um, where do you get your clothes since the drag emporium doesn't exist yet? And do you design your own costumes, or do you have a costume designer?
2: I have a number of fabulous people here in San Francisco that make me custom looks because uh, you know I do have a big body, and fashion nova only goes so far. <laughs> but no, I I do have um, designers um, that that make most of my clothes. Mr. David Glamour, oh, yeah. Kipper. And um, Daphne Deluxe are are three people
0: that make a lot of my clothes. Also, Amy Sarazin. And And I've been lucky enough to see you do the quick changes backstage years ago at Project Lohan. Yes. And it is as athletic as anything that goes on on the stage. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, Who's your all-time favorite character that you've played so far? Oh, God. Torture. Um,
2: As much as I love um, Rose Nyland and... uh, and um, Samantha Jones, I have—I might have to say Frankenfurter. <laughs> I saw oh. that; that was
3: amazing.
0: That from Rocky Horror. Yes, for, from Rocky Horror. And if you don't know that, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> I, I've been practicing for that role since I was twelve. So, how
1: do celebrities respond to drag variations of themselves? Most of
2: them don't like it very much. Um, I find that people. It, it uh, freaks them out just a little bit. Um, what they appreciate them, but they aren't super warm and fuzzy.
1: That's disappointing.
2: Um, you know, I think actually, I'll take that back. If you're doing a character they played versus you, gotcha. right? Like, like. Cher didn't doesn't love Cher impersonators that much. You would know you hosted her a few <laughs> yes, years ago. Yes. She wouldn't let Chad Michaels
0: backstage. So oh, <laughs> oh, oh, the tea is piping hot, drag laureate mother dear. Wow. Okay, so for those that follow drag race, that's pretty that's big news. <laughs>
3: Um, What goes into a good Samantha Jones from Sex and the City impression? And would you replace Kim Cattrall on in Just Like That because it sucks without her?
2: First of all, the best way to learn how to do a Samantha Jones impersonation is to watch the cartoon (laughs) Snagglepuss. Really? (laughs) Snagglepuss basically talks just like Samantha Jones, right? The but door? with like a little list, the doors yeah. open. It's a jar, even.
0: No.
2: <gasps> Honey, please. I'm... Snagglepuss is Kim Cottrell. It's delicious. I'm
0: never going to watch either of those shows the same way again. I'm going to expect Snagglepuss to go to brunch and Kim Cattrall to drop an anvil on someone's someone. Exactly. So Snagglepuss
2: <laughs> should join the cast of just like that. Um, I know. Of course, I want Samantha to come back, I and mean, you know we are doing Sex in the City again. And, and it's coinciding with the second season of, and just like that and I think we're going to play like maybe the show's going to open with just three of them and I'll show up and they won't talk to me <laughs> we're going to play with some ideas maybe there'll be a Peloton bike somewhere I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I have, a, I have another drag laureate question do you know where you are on the order of succession at City Hall how <laughs> many heartbeats <laughs> yeah how many heartbeats are you away from running the city
2: well, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know that question, um, and um, I, uh, I'm I, I'm prepared at any moment, <laughs> like, like a good drag queen, to um, have to have to you know um, take the take
1: the reins, so to speak.
3: Um, I don't want anyone to die, but I do think you should be mayor for at least. Like, it doesn't a year. have yeah. to be a
1: death. The mayor like leaves and goes overseas and, and appoints a mayor for the day. Yeah. Exactly. That happens. I exactly. kind of would like to
0: see you and uh, Tongo Martin, the poet laureate, together in some kind of a oh. Mad Max co-ruler Thunderdome situation. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I mean, you'd you know, be the Tina Turner, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously.
2: Um, I don't know where I, where I am there, but I, you know, <laughs> I would. Mayor just sounds would, good. It really does. It really does.
3: Well, I was at Hecklina's memorial service, um, beautiful service, um, but one very happy thing that happened was that you announced that the Golden Girls will live on. Yes. So do you want to break some news? Who is the new Dorothy?
2: Well, we're still working on that. And um, it has been, uh, you know, it's uh, very big shoes to fill. And um, it, it. I feel like in a lot of ways it needs to be someone that can really join the family affair. Um, obviously, we do need to make that call um, soon and uh, get things going. But we will be back and I can... Um, Guarantee it's going to be, um, you know, a heartfelt tribute to Heckelina. But I, I do think, um, from uh, some of the conversations I've been having, I think that it's going to be a nice surprise.
0: Ooh. Might we get a reality show like Who Wants to Be the Next Born I think
2: I think the 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 Finding Dorothy. Uh, <laughs> reality show. Everyone's a friend of Dorothy. Would be great. But do you want to be the next Dorothy? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But we had talked a number of times, you know, joking as a whole, like about as a whole group about um, as uh, the show had become bigger than all of us at this point, you know, and it's going to keep going and going after all of us are gone because, you know, it really is one of those things that is feels like all these You know young people like these 20 year olds or the the kids that come see it are like all going to grow up and they're going to want this tradition and i think this is going to be you know i don't know who uh, forgive me for not being smart enough to know who um did who wrote the nutcracker or who created the nutcracker but um Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky wrote the music thank yeah, you. Based There we on go. A
0: Russian fairy tale okay
2: well that keep, they're, they're not alive anymore and it keeps going yeah. so yeah. I think the Golden Girls like I didn't know either Darcy. okay thank so you, you <laughs> feel, okay. I feel I don't feel so bad now I gotta go well just, thank
3: you so much for having us can you send us out to with either the voice of Rose or Samantha it's your choice
0: I think we
2: can all join in now that we've <laughs> had the same exactly us, so we, <laughs> exactly um, <clears throat> Oh, honey, I've had such a great time on this <laughs> podcast. We've got to do it again. How about lunch at Samba? Let's go.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Darcy. <laughs> or should I say drag laureate? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. oh, it's contagious. <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly. Drag queen. Drag laureate, even. You know?
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much and congratulations again.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And I hope I didn't talk your ear off.
1: We're you? awesome. You. I you got awesome. earrings on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash... Yeah. Loved it. I it